Just glad to be back with Nick. Nick, it's hate week, my man. You know, Gators and Tennessee are going to get going uh, Saturday afternoon at 3.30 in Knoxville in what I expect to be an absolute rocking atmosphere. Uh, we will all have headaches from that god-awful Rocky Top song, and uh, our eyes will burn for weeks from seeing that gaudy orange. Right. Yeah, it's certainly hate week uh, in Gainesville, and, you know, it's going to be a challenge for the Gators. they got to go on the road to Knoxville. I mean, there's going to be upwards of 100,000 screaming fans, you know, probably closer to 110,000. Um, so it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, certainly something to watch. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get going with this week and, and, and you know, kind of break down Tennessee and, and, and break down where we think we stand with Florida here. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh... – it's not how Florida would like to come into this game. Um, you know, struggling a little bit on offense, uh, question marks on defense. Um, Central Miller is questionable. Um, we, uh, we got the depth chart on Wednesday and, you know, he's questionable there from everything I've heard is they'll, they'll put him through warmups and kind of see how he is after warmups. Uh, if it's Ventral Miller's choice, Ventral Miller's going to play. Um, you know, again, though, you, you have to, he has to be, he has to be ready to go. I mean, there, you can't, you can't, you know, hurt his future or anything else if, if he's not, but, uh, you know, if it's Intel Miller's choice to play, he's, he's going to play, uh, Michael Tarquan's going to be out of the game, but, uh, Austin Barber, I thought did a, a pretty solid job against USF. Obviously that's a, um, a different, um, you know, pass rush than he'll see this week against Tennessee. Um, but still, I, I just look at this game, um, Nick, and I, I, I look at it as can Florida stop this potent offense of Tennessee that's, you know, number three in the country, number one in the SEC, 553 yards of total offense per game and um, putting it out through the air, 371 uh, yards through the air. Um, does Florida have the depth on the defensive line? And, you know, if Ventrell does or doesn't play, do they have the depth at the linebacker spot uh, to get going? Good news is they do get Jaden Hill back this week. Um, you know, he's going to be rusty as all get out, but uh, still good to have him back. Just for to have the ammo on defense to, to slow down this Tennessee team. Well, Andrew, I mean, it's certainly going to be a challenge for the Gators. When you look at the Gators' defense, right, we have a mess of cornerbacks, right? We got, I mean, four to five guys that are going to rotate in. But here's the issue, and here's the issue with rotations with this game. Tennessee is not going to let the Gators rotate often. They average – they run a play every 18 to 18 and a half seconds around there. Right. Uh, their, their, their team goal is to get it under 20 seconds, which is, it, and if you watch on TV is, is something to watch. It is, it is very fast. I, I'm familiar with a hypo offense cause I, you know, I live in Orlando and I, and I've been to a bunch of UCF games uh, back when he was the co-chair and he, it is so fast. It, it's incredible to watch, but it is very difficult to defend. Uh, it's going to be the toughest challenge in my opinion uh, in the game. Is, is, is just getting back to the line and getting set up. Patrick Tony needs to do a good job of, of making sure his guys are just set and ready for the play because that's the, mo that's the hardest part is, is being ready. Once you're ready, you know, you can make the play. But if you're not on, if you're not where, you're, where you need to be prior to the snap, you're in trouble. 
Uh, and so I think that's what the Gators have worked on um, a lot this week in practice is just sprinting back to your spot and being ready for the play. Uh, Tennessee has a lot of weapons. Their offense is one that favors the quarterback. Um, you know, Heupel does a really good job of putting Hendon Hooker in a position to succeed. Uh, if you look at the stats this year, uh, 59 completions on 85 attempts, that's almost 70%. Uh, he's averaging 10 yards a throw six touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and even the backup, Joe Milton, who we've seen, uh, we saw last year uh, playing Gainesville a little bit, 12 completions, 14 attempts, 225 yards, you know, 16.1 average per throw, three touchdowns, no interceptions. This is a system that just, that favors the quarterback. So the quarterback's going to play well, uh, but but the Gators need to do, they need to do something to, to kind of knock him off his game. Hendon Hooker has been sacked five times this year. Um, so, you know, that, that could be something the Gators try to do. And that's something the Gators, in my opinion, did not do, Andrew, too well last week, was get pressure on the quarterback. There was too many situations on third down, second down, where they were passing, and Gators had no pass rush. He was, you know, Jerry Bohannon was just sitting back there, and, and you know, it kind of allowed him to run and do, you know, those kind of things that he does. And, you know, it, and it was a problem for the Gators. So that's where I'm looking uh, this week, and I believe, Andrew, you mentioned that in your roundtable as well. Gators need to get a pass rush. They need to they need to get in there and disrupt Hendon Hooker and kind of throw Tennessee off their rhythm a little bit. Yeah, I mean the the pass rush is the ultimate defense against the passing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, obviously uh, Tennessee does not hold the ball very long. Hayden Hooker does not. It's a lot of you know short, quick throws, yep. uh, and, and that does kind of you know help with the the uh, the pass rush there but you you look at Florida the USF game for for instance the Kentucky game when they're getting a pass rush they're so much better and, and you know it speaks for itself because you know the the quarterback's got to make a quicker decision that kind of stuff but Florida has to get Brent Cox going in this game has to get Justice Boone going in this game um you know Tennessee has allowed um, a sack and a half, about a sack to two sacks a game. Um, you know they they've allowed that. Florida though that has only gotten three all year. Uh, that just isn't enough. And Florida has got to get a pass rush there. Get um, Hayden Hooker feeling a little bit uncomfortable there. And I will say this: Florida needs to play better jam up secondary uh, with their corners. They need Avery Helm. They need Devin Moore. They need Jason Marshall. They need Jalen Kimber, Jaden Hill, to be able to get in the face of this Tennessee receiver group um, that's pretty good and and play some bump and run um, and, and play some physical football. They've got to do that. You, I mean, the best defense against a, you know, a passing game is playing physical football. And that's just what it is. You know, obviously, you've got to be able to stop the run. Um, you cannot allow Tennessee to run the ball because then if you allow them to run the ball, then you've got a whole different world of problems there. So you better shut down the run and, and then focus in on unleashing your dudes on the pass rush. And, you know, if you're Britton Cox, you're licking your chops. This is your game, man. Hayden Hooker, good passer. They're going to throw the ball. Go get them. I agree. And, and you know, the, I kind of mentioned that earlier, right? Tennessee is a great, a great passing team. They, they're, I, I would, you know, almost consider them an air raid per se, but check out this stat. 
they've thrown the ball 102 times and rushed the ball 131 this year. And I know they've been winning in the majority of their games, so that's kind of a skewed stat to this point in the season. However, if if the Gators are going to let Tennessee run the ball, they're not going to stop running the football. They're, you know, Jalen Wright for Tennessee has 45 carries on the season for 231 yards. That's an average of 5.1 yards a carry. He's got three touchdowns. They have three running backs with three touchdowns. They're going to run the football if the Gators are going to let them. Uh, so I think that's priority number one um, is just kind of putting a clamp on the run. Make make Tennessee throw the ball. And like you said, we got to be physical. We can't be uh, – in this game in particular, Gators can't be playing 10 yards off the receiver uh, because guess what? Hendon Hooker's not going to throw – not, not, he's not going to throw too many interceptions. He's not going to put the ball in a dangerous position. So we got to be physical, and, and, and the Gators have to be physical. Like you said, the corners have to play up, bump and run. Um, they got to they gotta knock Tennessee off the rhythm some way, somehow. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it's easier said than done. Yeah, that's absolutely. got to be the way. Now, let's flip sides of the ball here. And that's the way to keep Tennessee's offense in check. Don't let them have the ball. And, you know, Florida has been the most successful when they've been able to run the rock. They've got to be able to run the football consistently in this game against Tennessee. Um, and, and the Tennessee, you know, team that's only allowing 83 yards a game uh, on the ground, Florida has got to run the ball, got to control the, the clock. They cannot be in a situation where it's like USF, where they have, you know, they, USF has 30 more plays run than Florida does. Tennessee, if Tennessee has 30 more plays than Florida does, Tennessee runs Florida out of the building. Period. End of discussion. Florida's got to be able to run the football. That all starts with Anthony Richardson. It's time for Anthony Richardson to be Anthony Richardson. It's time for the guy who, you know, does backflips and loves the game to be Anthony Richardson. That's the guy you need. He's got to be able to run the football, got to be able to get outside the pocket and, and do things with his legs to make the Tennessee defense come up a little bit to where he can throw the football. And when he does, he's got to be able to complete the football. Anthony Richardson has to be Anthony Richardson in this football game. You know, the, the, the stars shine when the lights are the brightest. The lights are going to be very bright at Saturday at 3.30 in Knoxville and Neyland Stadium. And if Anthony Richardson wants to be one of that elite guys, now's the time. I agree. And and this is honestly, and I know that the Gators weren't favored against uh, Utah, but this is this to me feels like the first game that kind of Florida's been disrespected, and, and rightfully so. I mean, they have not looked great the last two weeks, but this is the first game where, I mean, I think Tennessee's like an 11 or 12-point favorite. Um, which we have not seen that in a long, 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 long time, right? I mean, hasn't Florida won 16 of the last 17 games? Yeah, and I mean, you know, you think about it. There's not very many SEC games in general where a team is two-point underdog, especially in the game where it's two top 25 teams. Yeah, I agree. And and so that, I mean, if that doesn't give you a spark or something to just go out there and, and, and prove, your, prove yourself as, you know, as a quarterback and as a team, then I don't know what does. I mean, this, this is this is a team that Florida, the Florida Gators have owned in the last 17 years. So I, I to me, you know, when I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, like you, you, I, mean, I think you nailed it on the head. He needs to be that guy. He needs to do. I mean, everything needs to come out here. He need, you know, he needs to. The RPA needs, the RPO needs to be back in play um, efficiently. The play action rollout needs to be back. 
Uh, we need to see QB design runs. We need to see scrambles when nothing's open. We need we need to see Richardson progressing through his reads, and if nothing there, enough, if nothing is there, taking off. Um, Richardson has to be the Richardson we know if the Gators are going to win this game. Uh, and it all starts with the run game. Get him confident through the run game. Um, and he's a huge part of the run game as well. Uh, I, I'm looking for Montreal Johnson to get a heavy dose of carries in this game. Uh, and ETN, you know, kind of following behind him. Um, Gators are going to need to make big plays uh, on Saturday at 3.30. And, 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 the, and that does start with Anthony Richardson. Hell, if I'm Anthony Richardson, if I'm this offense or defense, I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. Tennessee team that I've dominated, you've got them as a two-point favorite. I mean, a two-score favorite. Two score the hell favorite, with yep. that. It, it's time. You know, it, it's time to unleash the the dudes. And, you know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, that Billy Napier is holding anything back because I don't know that that's true. Uh, I hope that that's true. And I hope that the last two weeks, you know, Richardson has been held back a little bit. You know, a lot of, you know, rumors and stuff that he's been banged up a little bit. Okay, if that's true, cool. Turn them loose. You know, get get ready. Put a Band-Aid on it. Get ready. It's time. And let me just say this, right? So I think you'll agree with me as well. Florida's sitting at 2-1 and one right now. They have not played good football. I, I mean, is that fair to say? 100%. They haven't played good okay. football, no. Okay, so Florida has not played good football. That's correct. And they're sitting at 2-1. and one. You have a chance to go knock off a top 15 team on the road and in – the respect is immediately given back to you, right? I mean, if Florida starts off three and one, if the Billy Napier area era starts off three and one, then everything, I mean, you would have taken a three and one start any day of the week. You would take a two and one start if I asked you three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So as bad as this team plays, everything they've wanted is still in front of them. They get a chance to go knock off a top 15 team and prove their worth. That to me is exciting. That's why I'm looking forward to the game. The players obviously should be looking forward to the game. Um, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere, and, and the Gators have everything they wanted still in front of them. I know the loss to Kentucky sucks, uh, and it wasn't great, but Gators are two and one, and let's be honest, they could be zero and three, and, and, and you know they could also be three and zero, right? Like we, 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 the Gators did not play great against Kentucky by any means. They shot or, shot themselves in the foot, but they could easily be one and two or zero and three to start the season. So I think you got to take this two and one. You got to put everything behind you. Start fresh against uh, start fresh against Tennessee and just go in and whoop their butts. Yeah, I mean, get, get your offensive line going and start laying wood. I mean, yeah. it's rivalry football. There is nothing better in sports in general than rivalry football. There's nothing better in sports than going to an opposing team's you know home field and whipping their ass. And there is nothing better than being Tennessee. There's nothing better than watching Neyland Stadium cry. There's nothing better than that. This is a big game for Josh Heifel. This is a huge game for Josh Heifel. Absolutely. He, all the pressure's there. There's no pressure on Florida. Go out, play your game. I mean, Anthony, Anthony's a good enough football player to beat this team. He's shown it. He's shown it. You have to go out there with the mindset of laying it all on the line and running. Next week's the time to get help against Eastern Washington. Lay it all on the line. Keep the football. Run the football. Be efficient running the football. The nasties up front. Put the pressure on Tennessee. Continue to lay on them. Continue to push on them. Make them in the fourth quarter lay down. That's your game. Play it. 
You're a physical brand of football. Billy Napier wants a physical brand of football. This is your game to be a physical brand of football where you control the game and keep Hayden Hooker on the sidelines. When he does get on the sidelines, pin your ears back and go get him. You'll win the football game. I agree. I mean, it, it all starts with the Gators' offensive line. I, I, I've said it time and time again. They just need to. They just need long drives. They need. I mean, they, you know, there, there's so many. There's so many benefits to a long drive. Not just. Not just the fact that you're keeping Tennessee's offense off the field, but you are wearing out that Tennessee defense. That, quite frankly, let's be honest, hasn't really been challenged this year. I mean, right. they they played Akron in Ball State, which you, typically I know Akron is typically the worst team in college football or one of. Uh, and Ball State's obviously not very good. I would have to go see, you know, the, the the advanced statistics behind that for this season. But, I mean, those are two of the worst teams in college football. And then they went on and they played Pitt with when Pitt's backup quarterback, Nick Patty, had to play for, I believe, a full quarter or maybe a little bit more. I think he had like 13 passes or something like that. Right. Um, so he played a decent amount of the game. Uh, and they only won by seven. Yeah, they were on the road. It was still a great win for them. Um, so props there. But, I mean, they this defense hasn't been challenged that you know they have not really been challenged this year so when i'm looking at florida's offensive line i don't think they've played an offensive line as good as florida's this year line up let's line up and 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 to me that that's how this team has to approach the game and there's so many benefits to having a long drive where you're just running the ball um it you know it's it's not only keeping hendon hooker off the field and that tennessee offense off the field but it's wearing out tennessee's defense uh, which is something which is something that in the third fourth quarter is going to benefit the Florida Gators. Right. And and that's the thing is this Tennessee team hasn't, except for the Pitt game, had to play a fourth quarter game. Um, you know, this is a, a, a Tennessee team that, you know, put some doubt in them early. This is a Tennessee team that's been dominated by you. Absolutely. Put some doubt in their mind. Make them think, oh, God, here we go again. This is Florida. Here they go again. Make, put some doubt in it. That, that's that's the best way to do it is put some doubt in it. Um, you know, figure out ways to to get Anthony going early. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing some some early quarterback runs just to get him going, uh, to get the defense Tennessee thinking hard about that, getting the the um, the offense to believing a little bit. That that's the way to go. That's the way to go and get this team going. You know, I just. I think I know Billy Napier well enough to know that he's going to have a good game plan. Patrick Tony's going to have a good game plan. Um, you know, people are bashing Tony and his defense. His defensive scheme is great. Patrick Tony's a, a bright defensive coordinator. Obviously, yeah. he doesn't have the talent depth-wise there to do it. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that, you know, having Shamar James there, you know, w- will help. You know, you've got to cover it up. But also, just playing a physical brand of football. I think that that's coming for sure. Um, I think you'll see a different team on Saturday. I think you'll see a team motivated on Saturday. And, you know, if you can't get up for this game, if you're Florida, then I don't know what to tell you. This is rivalry football, a team that you've beaten and, and disrespected multiple times. It's your time to win. Go win. Put your name back out there. Look at the love you got after Utah. How fun was that? Do it again this week, the love will be right back. Absolutely. And it, you brought up Patrick Tony, and I actually wanted to, to bring him up on this podcast today. I think a lot of people kind of kind of bashing him, and, and, I don't, and I don't understand it at all. I, I think through three games, we've seen three pretty good defensive schemes. Uh, but like you said, Florida just doesn't have the depth and the overall talent on the defensive side of the ball to, to execute 
kind of his scheme yet. But there are bright there are bright spots in this defense. Gators have turned the ball over, or create sorry, Gators have created a turnover in every game this season, more than one. I think we had three turnovers against USF. We uh, had the interception, obviously, against Utah. And there was, uh, we picked off uh, Kentucky as well. Um, you know, and that's something that this this defense last year and this 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 kind of scheme that we had last year wasn't, we, I mean, Gators weren't creating any turnovers. I think we were close to dead last in the SEC in turnovers, uh, created turnovers and, and uh but this season we're seeing we're seeing more aggression I think from from the the defensive backs and I, I know a lot of people are saying you know why is why are Gator defensive backs playing five six yards seven yards off the line of scrimmage look there there are certain situations where that is okay the the the, the issue with the issue with the last staff and why it was a problem last year was because they were doing it on third down third down and threes they were lining up ten yards off the line on third down and three and they were just giving up first downs. You're not seeing that this year. Uh, you're seeing um, kind of he he's doing he you know Patrick Tony's having his receivers play off kind of strategically this year. Uh, and and you know people are saying oh you know it's been a great failure. I disagree. I mean I mean Florida defensive backs. I know they haven't quite been challenged much this year, but they have not they have not played bad this season. I don't think by any means. I I, I think yeah it could be better. They're they're you know, the, the, the DBs and safety play could be better. But what I'm looking at, when I look at the statistics this year, no quarterback has, has carved up Florida this year, in my opinion. I mean, you go look at the statistics, every quarterback's thrown an interception and every quarterback kind of has not been on top of their game as far as, you know, completion percentage and, and accuracy goes. Um, and, and like I said, I, I think the Gator DBs could be playing better. But let me just say this, that, Je- that Jalen Kimber pick six, that, honestly was the game changer in our game uh, against USF. He was nine yards off the receiver, nine yards when he made that interception. What, you know, what, what lining off, what, what, you know, what, what giving a little bit of cushion does for, for a defensive back is allows you to keep your eyes on, on two people and not just the receiver. So I agree that there are certain situations where, you know, like we mentioned in this game, I think in particular against Tennessee, we'll see a lot of, of kind of press coverage and, and, you know, kind of bump and run type coverage. But against USF, we saw a little bit more of cushion in between, and that was completely by design, uh, and it worked. I, to my, you know, to my eyes, it worked, right? So what, well, what lining that, what, what, what giving, you know, a six, seven, eight yard cushion does for a defensive back is it allows you to keep your eyes on the quarterback and, and follow his eyes, because that's how you intercept the ball is knowing where the ball is and, and, and where it's coming. Uh, and Jalen Kimmer did a great job on that. He made a great break on the ball, and he was able to get his hands on it and, and return it for six. Well, here's the thing. You still got the same defensive backs playing. I'll say Jalen Kimber. You know, I mean, Helm and Marshall are still playing from last year. You know, you you, you are what you are. And, right. you know, Florida has to protect those guys at times, too. Um, you know, and like you said, you know, there's going to be, you know, times where you play press man. There's times when you play off. It, right. it just is what it is. I'll ask you this, and that is, would you prefer Todd Grantham or would you prefer Patrick Tony? Exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It and, 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 you know, obviously, the, be no, I don't think anyone calls a perfect game defensively, right? And, right. They, you know, Napier has admitted after the game, you know, there's we've, we've put the players in situations where they were never going to succeed, and that's on us. Napier said, has said that. Uh, and, you know, that goes for Patrick Tony too. But I think for the most part, when you're looking at the Gators defense, 
a lot of it is just execution. And this, it's the same for the offense. A lot of it is just poor execution. Linebackers not filling their gaps. Uh, you know, not really, you know, the, the, the defensive line not getting a, a you know, a pass rush. And, and let me tell you this. It is so hard to defend a wide receiver when there's no pass rush. When that quarterback is sitting back there for 10 seconds, it, I mean, it, this is why, you know, and Andrew, I think you'll agree with this, a perfect offense beats a perfect defense every time. Correct? 100%. Right. So defense is incredibly hard, and when you, especially when you're not getting a pass rush. Uh, so to me, like, I was watching the USF game over again, and we just, the Gators just did not get to the quarterback. They did not create the pass rush. And luckily enough, Jerry Bohannon just wasn't, he's not good enough to beat us over top. Um, through the air, you know, he did do some things on the run, which were, you know, on the ground, which was nice, but he just wasn't, he just wasn't good enough. And, and ultimately that's what it came down to. But the, Ga- the Gators gave him a lot of time in the pocket. And if that happens this week, the Gators are going to be in trouble. So they need to get that pass rush. Well, let me ask you this. How many times this year have you seen the Gators just look absolutely lost defensively and not know what they, you know, the play call was? Not much. Right. And that's that's where I'm at. So, you know, again, I, I it's not a play calling. I I'm not a I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not blaming play calling on either side of the ball here. I mean, I, I again, you can only call a play and, you know, expect your guys to go out and make the play. I mean, uh Billy's not running the, you know, going out there and and running the offensive play. He calls it. It has to be executed by by the players and um, you know, I, I've said this multiple times. I thought he's had some really good calls. There's been a couple that, you know, yeah. and he, list, uh, he he needs to listen to this. That, yeah. The Xavier Henderson screen, that needs to go into garbage. <laughs> needs to go into garbage. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about, I, I think we've been, you know, fairly critical on, on, on some of the, the play calls that Napier is. But I think we both agree that for the most part, his offensive scheme has been good enough to be three and zero, and and ultimately that's what Napier cares about. He doesn't care about uh, how the team looks or 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 you know winning by sixty points. His job is to win football games at this school, uh, and and he you know he's he's two and one, and you know he'll admit that he needs to do a better job. I think, um, but ultimately the the play calling has been good enough. And and let me ask you this, Andrew. I saw a lot of people uh, talking about this as well. They were saying, you know, oh, this looks like a high school level offense. Um, it's, you know, it's not sophisticated, this and that. But let me tell you this, with Richardson playing as poorly as he's played the last two games, why in the world would you want a more sophisticated offense? Well, here's the thing, too, and that is I've seen some, 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 some games where Tom Brady has ran the same play. Yeah. Five and six and seven and eight times in a row, yep. and just got up there and ran it in different ways. Uh, if you think an offense is sophisticated, most offenses are not very tough. You know, if you look at an offense in general, most offenses are about fifteen plays run out of about ten different formations right. and motions and things like that. That's just what an offense is. You have to slim your offense down when you're when you're not getting production. You can't run out there and run combo routes when your receivers can't get open or your or your quarterback can't get there, throw the ball there. You can't run those things like that. So you know that criticism to me is unwarranted, 
and stupid. I mean, I, I hate to say it like that and be like that, but it just is what it is. Right. I mean, like, to me, when I, when I was, you know, reading a bunch of these comments, like, I, the last thing I'd want, right, is Richardson to be more, like, unsure of himself, right? Because he seems... He seems to me like he's worrying about too much, uh, and and that's and we need Richardson to play like he's fearless. Uh, we we need old Richardson to to come in and, and walk through those doors Saturday. And to me, like the the dumb down playbook, if you will, is kind of what what the Gators need right now, at least with the passing attack. I mean, like I. I don't think the Gators have the offensive weapons to go out there and try all these trick plays and, 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 you know, different, you know, play calls that you guys might want to see. Napier is calling a fine game. I like, like me and Andrew said, we think there's things that need to be improved on, but the bottom line is his play calling is good enough to be three and Oh. And, and for the first three games, I mean, you guys got to remember these guys are learning the playbook for the first time. Uh, right? You know, most of these players, I know there's been some Louisiana transfers, but most of these offensive players are learning this playbook for the first time. You're not going to come out. You're not, you know, you're not going to see out of the gate, all these crazy formations and things like that, because Napier's priority right now, it's his players executing the installation plays that they had for fall camp, right? That, that, that's Napier's number one goal is that his team fully comprehends and can execute the installation plays that they put in, in during fall camp. That's his number one goal. You know, year two, year three, year four, you may see some, 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 you know, wrinkles in, in different formations and different sets and things like that, but that's going to come with time, I think, right now. And, you know, in, you know, you may see a wrinkle against Tennessee, right? You know, me and Andrew have talked about kind of, yeah, you know, wanted to see RB screens, maybe get the tight ends a little bit more involved, things like that. You may see one or two different, different kind of wrinkles in the game, but I'm talking like a full schematic change is not going to happen this year. He's going to run the playbook he's running now in year two, year three, year four. You may see, you know, kind of some different sets, some different formations, things like that. But right now, Napier's number one goal is to have his team execute the basic plays that he's been calling. Well, here's the thing, too. Billy Napier, a staple in Billy Napier's offense is the, the throw to the tight end. You haven't seen it at a time. Do you know why you haven't seen it at a time? Because he doesn't have a tight end right now that can get open. Is, yep. is that his fault? No. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, Dan Mullen didn't recruit the position, you know. Had the, the best tight end in college football history in Kyle Pitts, and you couldn't recruit a guy to, you know, replace him for God knows why. I mean, it just is what it is. Right now, Billy Napier's dealing with, you know, some freshmen that he recruited last year, and that's it. I mean, he has, to, you know, Dante Zanders, and listen, I, I like Dante, and I think Dante's done a good job, but he's a defensive end that's been converted. I mean, it right. just is what it is. Yes, he played some, you know, tight end uh, in high school, but he was he he moved defensive end for a reason. And you know, so you say, we say, okay, well, this isn't you know, this isn't very good, yada yada yada. It's all about the it's all about the the players you have on the field. It's all about what you have on the field that allows you to do what you do. Your personnel dictates year after year after year what you do. Your offense will not be the same next year as it is this year. It will not be the same the year after that than it is this year. Just like Dan Mullen's office wasn't the same with Kyle Trask as it was with Emory Jones. It just simply is what it is. I mean, it's not the same every year. Right. And and we said 
in the first ever podcast that me and you shot together, Andrew, we mentioned Dante Zanders and, and we said we liked him, but you know, we asked the question, how good can he actually be? Right. right. As a player that's, you know, changed positions three times, how good can he actually be? And I think that, you know, I think we were right. I mean, he's not a bad player, but he's just not, he's not the guy that's going to go and change the game. Uh, right. And right now, right now, Florida has no game changers at the tight end position. And, and, and I answered this question in the mailbag. Napier would love to use his tight ends. Um, yeah. This is something that he wishes he had. But th- like, look at it this way. I don't. Has there been another tight end play besides Zip? I don't think so. Uh, Zip and Xanders? No. Uh, okay, so- I, I, uh, I believe that anytime they've even went to three tight I mean, when they've went to the three tight ends, right. it's been that they've brought in the extra offensive lineman. Okay. Yes, I, I thought that. I, I thought that as well. So they haven't even brought in a third tight end, guys. That that kind of shows you where Napier is at with this room and and how comfortable he is with this room. A lot of work to be done with the younger guys still. Um, that's going to take some time. Uh, I, I don't expect this year there there you know to be much of a tight end threat uh, much at all. But but I also said this. You know there hasn't been much of a tight end threat, but there hasn't been much of any threat uh, with the receivers with this receiving group, right? I mean. Well, I, I, you know, I think Ricky Purcell has seven catches on the season. Uh, and right. Like no, no wide receiver has, it has been a threat. No pass catcher has been a threat this season. So I don't think it's completely the tight ends fault. I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh my God, they're so much worse than everyone else. Cause it's not true. It just kind of goes to show the receiving group, the pass catchers as a whole being a weak spot for the Gators, in my opinion. Agreed. Let's go pick some players, my friend. Alrighty. You went first last week, so I'm yeah. I, I'm taking the I'm taking the rings this week. Anthony no, Richardson no. is going to be Anthony Richardson this week. He's going to get it going this week. You you, you can mark it down. He's going to get it going this week. Uh, Anthony Richardson is going to have a big day on Saturday. Uh, when when the lights get bright, stars get bright. He's going to be good this week. I'm going to go I'm going to go with uh Montreal Johnson with my first pick and here's why. You know, obviously we saw what he did last week, you know, ripped the long run and and I think ultimately when when you're playing Tennessee, right? And and when you, you know, kind of are planning on having, you know, running the football a lot, in my opinion, you want your most physical running back out there and the most physical running back is Montreal Johnson. He may not be as shifty as uh Trevor Etienne, he may not be as elusive but man, he can run someone over, and that's who I want running the football this game. Uh, someone that can just and and he's got top, he's got high end speed too. Uh, I'm looking for him to to find the end zone more than once uh, this Saturday. There you go. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I'm gonna go with the with the guy that uh, at the same position, but I'm gonna go with a guy that seems to be forgotten, Mr. Naquan Wright. There you go. Um, we want the running back screens, that kind of stuff. Naquan's going to have a big game. Again, when the star uh, lights get bright, the stars get brighter. And that Naquan's a star, in my opinion. He just he, overshadowed right now. Naquan's going to have a big game on Saturday. Mark it down in your books. I'm going to go, um, and I may be stealing your pick here, Andrew, but I'm going to go Shamar James. Uh, okay. and, and here's why. Right. So when you look at when you look at Tennessee's offense and and when you look at how much they can do offensively, both on the ground and through the air, I want Shamar James in there on every play. And 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 another reason is, right, Tennessee is not going to let the Gators substitute. So I want someone 
in that linebacker room that's that's versatile, someone that can cover the pass, someone that can cover the run extremely well. Uh, and, you know, we've heard it all camp and all season. Shamar James does not play like he's a freshman. Uh, everybody is saying it. He looks the part. Uh, I want to see him, you know, kind of out there. And, and, and a lot of this will depend on if Ventrell goes or not. Um, but I think even if he does go, I want to see him out there more often than not. I think I want to see him in over Scooby Williams just because I think he's more versatile than Scooby is. Um, and I think he can do a little bit more at the position. So I'm looking for him to play. I'm looking for him to have a good game. He's going to have to bring his A game, his physicality, like we know he can. Uh, and he, you know, the linebackers are going to play a crucial part in this game, guys. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with another guy here and that's Trey Dean. Okay. Trey Dean's going to find a way to make some plays this week. Uh, I, I like Dean. He gets a lot of criticism and rightfully so in a lot of ways, but Trey Dean's going to have a big day. Go ahead and mark it down. Trey Dean. Uh, he's going to get an interception this week. Cool. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Desmond Watson. Okay. Uh, and, and, and this is an interesting one, right? Because he's getting his first start, um, which is awesome for him. And, you know, I listened to his press conference last night and he just looks excited. He looks ready to go. Uh, and the kind of the staff has mentioned that like he's, this is the first time, you know, these last few weeks is the first time that he's kind of walked around with a smile on his face. Uh, and to me, that, that, that's an awesome, that's an awesome, you know, experience. This is going to be an awesome experience for him. Um, and, you know, and, it, and this is an interesting pick and I don't know if it's a, I don't know if this pick is um, more so that I think he's going to dominate or more so he's just a player to watch in this game because and, you know, and I always put out my, my players to watch on Saturday, and I, and I, and I will do that uh, this week, But and he'll be on it. But when I look at Desmond Watson for this game, you know, it, it's no question to anyone that he's 400 – he's right now 415 pounds. Uh, and, and Tennessee is going to try to take advantage of that when he's on the field. They're going to they're gonna make him stay on. Uh, but Desmond Watson's the guy that's taken huge strides from week one to week three. He logged 38 snaps last week, Andrew, 38 snaps. That's, that's very impressive for him. Uh, super proud of him. And I think, you know, he said, he said yesterday, Patrick Tony has a great game plan for me to be able to stay in the game. So I'm interested to see what it was. I, I think that he could be a huge force in the run game uh, this week uh, and really kind of, kind of clamping that Tennessee run game and, and making them throw the ball and kind of knocking them off the rhythm a little bit. So I'm picking Desmond Watson. There you go. All right. Let's go to the big one question. Give me your score pick this week. Oh Lord. Everyone uh, turn off, turn off your audio here for a quick sec. I don't know if you want to hear this. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30. What, what, what did I pick in the round table? Cause I want to make sure it's the same. Um, what did I pick? I'll go with Andrew, my pick. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it. you my yeah. pick. Yeah, go I'll tell you my pick. I have thirty-four. I said thirty-four seventeen in the round table, but I've already changed my mind. No, you said thirty-five. I'm going to go thirty-four twenty-four. Okay. Or thirty-five twenty-four. Okay. I'm uh, gonna Tennessee, and I think it's closer. Than, than that, but that's where I'm gonna go. All right, I found my pick uh, from the round table. I, I didn't want to waver from it. I wanted to keep it consistent. Um, I'm gonna go 35-21 Tennessee. So 14 point win for the Vols. Um, 
I hate saying that, guys. I hate it so much. But I just think Tennessee's offense is going to be a lot to handle for the Gators. Um, and I do think the Gators find some success early on, you know, the offense and, and even even making a few stops on the defense defensive side. But I think ultimately they just get outmatched in the second half. Um, and, and it's not because of a lack of talent, more so just a lack of depth. And, 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 and Tennessee's, you know, an experienced offensive group. They returned a lot of players, including their quarterback. Um, it's going to be an extremely tough challenge for the Gators. Yeah, the Gators can win this football game. There's no question about it. Uh, I, I was asked that question a few times. Zero questions. The talent is there. Gators can win this football game. I just don't see it happening this week. I think the Gators have too much on their plate. There you go. All right, guys, make sure to follow Nick and myself and Gentry and the rest of the Gator Country team at GatorCountry.com on the web and at Gator Country on uh, Hootsuite and Twitter. And uh, we'll be uh, talking about the game on Saturday in Knoxville. We'll be back on Monday and hope to be talking about an upset win of the Gators over the Vols. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you guys on Monday.